everybody, it's Elvis, and I got some news for you up front. You can always tell there's something wrong when there's a bit of a preamble, so I'll keep this quick. Uh, two things, really. One, the audio quality of this episode is a little less than we usually have. Uh, I apologize. Uh, this is my fuck-up. Fortunately, my guest uh, recorded both his audio track and, uh, and my audio track. I always screw something up when there's Skype. But uh, you should be able to listen to it just fine. It's just not going to be as nice as usual. Don't worry. Next week it will sound great, and I think you'll still enjoy it this week. Uh, Number two, uh, if you're listening to this the day it uh, drops, then you'll know it's election day for the United States in 2016. And uh, things get political in this episode, so fair warning. I I have this whole weird theory where cars kind of represents the people in America who are voting for Donald Trump or something like that. It's it's a whole weird mess. I'm never sure if I quite land exactly where I'm going with it. But I think it's an interesting idea. Maybe you'll listen to it and you'll be able to figure out exactly what I'm saying. Or maybe you'll think I'm a complete uh, nonsensical loon, which is possible after this uh, very long, long election year. Anyway, uh, I hope uh, you listen to this while you're voting in the polls. And let's start the episode. Plot Studios, with over 10,000 leaked emails featuring Centaur Erotica. Bradley presents... Tom Hanksgiving, right here every Tuesday. Tom Hanksgiving, come on and press play. There's Elvis, the host with the most. Yada, 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 yada. With a different guest each week. They're the smart ones. Each episode's a new movie. About Tom Hanks, the man himself, of course, it's time for Tom Hanksgiving. It's the best you can get. It's the rootinest, tootinest podcast on the internet. Tom Hanksgiving. Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Hanksgiving. And uh, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, happy election day, maybe? <laughs> maybe you're listening to this while you're in line for the polls. Uh, hopefully making a well-deserved decision, but hopefully at the, at the very least you're out there and you're voting. Um, I'm your host, uh, Elvis Von Kunish, and uh, today we're talking about 2006's Pixar classic franchise starter. That's a better term. Uh, 2006's Cars, directed by the great John Lasseter and co-directed by the late Joe Ramp, who is also great. Um, it's kind of the black sheep of Pixar, or at least it, it was in the golden Pixar era. We're going to kind of talk about how it's, uh, how it's aged um, and how, how we kind of feel about it now. Uh, but uh, today we're joined by Arlo Rodriguez of the Random Chatterings podcast. Howdy, everybody. Hey, we got a second howdy. This is a good show. <laughs> uh, Arlo, what's up? How is Tell people a little bit about you and your podcast. All right, well, my podcast is, um, like, at first it was just between me and my brother. We would talk about pop culture. Now it's an interview kind of format podcast. I talk to all kinds of interesting creators all across the Internet. Uh, Elvis has been on the show once before. And we talk about movies, television, video games, and Internet stuff. Just whatever kind of interesting thing comes up. Sometimes we have some mini episodes where, you talk about, where I talk about specific um, things. I'm actually going to... Well, okay, it'll be, oh, this will probably be out by the time this is out, but I will have done a mini-episode on the recent release of Shin Godzilla. Very excited to hear that myself. Of course, by the time this drops, I probably have heard it. 
And it was a great episode. So you <laughs> it should was check the that best out. Everybody. One I've ever done. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. And uh, today we're talking about cars. And I'm going to ask you, um, Arlo, why are we talking about this movie on a Tom Hanks podcast? Can you answer that question for me? I absolutely can. In the post credit sequence, there is a cute little sequence, which I actually did, get, I guess you did laugh at a bit, um, where there's, they're watching um, uh, Cars version of, of, of classic Pixar movies like Toy Car, to, wait, Toy Car Story and Monsters, oh, what was the, what was the Monster Monsters Trucks Incorporated, Monster Trucks Incorporated. I think. And uh, and, was, a, and just a bug's life. Like they didn't even yeah. call it a car's bug's life. It's just a bug's life. Well, I think it wasn't the joke that a bug is a type of car anyway. Oh, that's no. right. Yeah, because like a Volkswagen a bug. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. I said that makes sense. And then the yeah, then it, but but is that really it? I mean, that's all he's in for the movie is cameoing as Woody's. Yeah. And I was I was a little bit disappointed because it's he's just redoing the classic scene and he and he he didn't seem to. Like, it wasn't as good as the original one was. Well, no. How could it be, though? <laughs> and it just, like, it was kind of obvious how awkward it was. Like, you are a toy car! <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, a part of me wonders if they even came in and just had him record. Maybe they didn't even have him record. the, the So they used the take from the original movie, and then they just added in a line of, you're eating the car from uh, Turner and Hooch and just splice those together. So Tom Hanks <laughs> didn't even technically work on this movie. I mean, I'm sure he was paid, but uh, yeah, actually, yeah, how much do you think he would have been paid for just that little tiny? Like it was like a look. It was like a soundbite more than even like a performance. I, I mean, I'm sure an actor gets a little cameo money when they appear in something, don't you think? I mean, obviously it's a favor. I'm sure it's working scale or something, but there's no way he didn't. Did, I mean, can he even legally do something like that for free? Wouldn't that be a bad business practice as a as an actor? I don't know how it works. You're, you're probably right. I think it, it, he probably would have gotten something for it. I'm just wondering. I mean, I, I I was actually kind of more amused by the fact that there was like a running joke in that little sequence of like John Ratzenberger, like Mac the truck. Yeah, um, yeah. Noticing, oh, oh, that guy, he sounds really cool, and it's like a ham version of the car. And then it's like the abominable snowman tractor, I guess, trailer car thing. Yeah, yeah. And then well, uh, it was a monster truck. It was a monster truck. And then it was like the little flea. And then it, he, and then he says, "Wait a minute, they're just using the same actor in all these movies. What a ripoff!" It's like <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, it, it, part of me was really uncertain about even including this movie in the lineup of uh, the Tom <laughs> Hanks Library because he's it's a cameo. We've done cameos before. Yeah. Um, it's not significant, though, and it's not even part of the proper movie because it's during the end credits. It's basically a DVD extra. Right. Uh, so I was really not sure about including it, but uh, you know what? I felt like I had to pull the trigger, and I think we have, can have some stuff to talk about with this movie and pull it back to Hanks by the end. But um, let's, let's dive into the movie proper. What, do you, what, what was the first time you saw this movie? Did you see it in theaters? I did. I th I think this has maybe been the only Pixar movie that I have not seen in theaters, other than The Bug's Life. I think was the other one I hadn't seen in theaters. I think I saw it on Dis. I, I saw it on Disney Channel. I think a couple. Okay, years so ago. it was maybe a year or two after it had come out, and then you finally saw it. Yeah. All right. I had seen it uh, when it was in theaters. I've actually seen every Pixar movie in theaters to date, wow. uh, which is going to be interesting if I keep that tradition going because the next one is Cars Three, I Ooh. believe. 
And I, I really didn't want to go see Cars 2 in theaters, but I did it for actually a podcast and uh, a <laughs> different, different show. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think, unless Tom Hanks cameos in Cars 3, I doubt I'll have any reason to go see it other than this <laughs> tradition now. Yeah. But uh, I, I am not sure if I'll hold up. So we'll see. Tune in. I don't know what a year or two from now and find out everybody. <laughs> but, uh, so I went to, I saw this actually, I, I saw cars in theaters when it came out, uh, on a date in my terrible, uh, hometown theater. Um, and there was nobody in the theater, but us and a couple other, you know, it was a really empty theater. And I just remember like, I, it was right after, you know, it was like, only a couple of years after like finding Nemo came out. And that was like, Holy shit. I mean, obviously, I love Pixar from the beginning with Toy Story, but yeah. when Nemo came out, it was like I was at the age where I was like, this is all coming from this same studio. Right. These guys are gold. Every movie they come out is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I fell in love with Finding Nemo. And then The Incredibles came out, and oh, I so fell good. in love again. So then when I saw the trailer for Cars, I was like, huh. Well, they, these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> and then when I saw the movie, I was like, okay. And I left the theater completely unremarkable. Uh, I didn't like hate it or anything, but I was yeah. like, that was, I think that was the first time too that I noticed the sound in that theater, in my hometown theater, was really shitty. So <laughs> I, uh, it wasn't a great viewing experience. Of course, that might have just been like the weird pacing of the movie too but uh yeah, I, I, yeah. I walked away not having a great time what when you saw it on the disney channel how did you feel i think i watched it with my brother and uh i, I just because i think i was excited because oh you know i haven't seen this i haven't seen cars i've seen every other pixar movie i think i'd even seen up in toy story 3 up to that point oh wow but then um i think and then just uh they were making a big deal out of it promoting it saying this is the first time we're showing cars on disney channel and we watched it and i thought yeah no, that was kind of fun that was not great not a great movie but it was fun it was enjoyable enough now i've seen that a second time and my opinion has definitely soured on it since <laughs> that first viewing uh, when you when you had first seen it did you know it as like oh that's the bad pixar movie did people talk about it in that way or did you just like oh this is just one i haven't seen i i didn't know about the reputation i didn't know that people shat on it as much as they did oh is actually swearing all out on this podcast yeah, I've already ruined that uh, explicit label so many times. <laughs> we, we, maybe we shouldn't have done it for cars, but you know, at this point, it's such a piece of work. I don't know if I'll be able to to limit myself. Um, I I I, don't, I I felt like there's because usually, especially nowadays on the internet, when someone has an opinion about something, it's like this is either the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. There's nothing in between, and so I think that I didn't ever get the impression from a lot of people that especially since Cars 2 hadn't even come out at that time when I, when I saw yeah. it, that it was indeed like one of the worst Pixar movies or anything like that. But um, I, I I don't know. I kind of just tried to define – I just kind of defined it on its own terms like based on watching it. And uh, I think that's the way I – that was my first impression of it was just like, oh, it's a very colorful movie. It's a very impressive mm. movie, especially seeing how far Pixar has gone. Like it's it, – I, I, I wouldn't say photorealistic, but it definitely – Animation wise, is one of the most visually impressive movies, and then Cars two, even even Cars two surpassed it visually. But then at some point, you have to start thinking, though that can only go so far, or that label can only go so far. But I think yeah, the... it's a pretty movie. It's it's very glossy. I think the the characters of the cars lend themselves to that. It doesn't have to be like they don't look like real cars, but they look really shiny and pretty. And that's true. They I didn't nice. think of that. They also they also 
look like they're like malleable like they seem like they have like well obviously they have to because they bounce around and they like and then their mouths move and everything but i didn't ever i never thought of it that way that there really are like they're like, like it's like putty a little bit it's not like like sturdy yeah, and i'm sure that was a very deliberate choice by pixar yeah because they have to like you know they're occasionally they're using their tires to they don't type on things but like you know gesture and whatnot so they kind of have to be like this weird play-doh-y substance but i i guess it works for the movie but as a whole basically i i came into it even that uh, back then and, and now uh i feel weirdly kinder to the movie but at the same time i like it less mm-hmm. uh and i think it's because like you were saying on its own merits it's not a very solid picture but when you put it in the pantheon of pixar uh, it's it's looked upon even less favorably. But now that we're you know, gosh, fourteen, fifteen movies out with Pixar, and we've had some other stumbles since since Cars. Do you see this as? I mean, did you see the sequel? Have you seen all Pixar movies to date at this point? Or? Here's a, here's a potentially controversial opinion. I did see Cars too. I didn't hate it as much as everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Do you I, think it's a stronger movie than the first one? Absolutely not. Now thinking back on it it is absolutely not by any means better than the the first one um but i again it, i haven't seen cars 2 since i saw it in theaters well it was 2011 oh my gosh yeah um, so five years ago something like five years ago i enjoy i did i, I remember enjoying it but i'll use quotation marks you can't see me with my quotation marks. <laughs> but i it, it kept my attention up and i think nowadays when i'm looking at a movie I, i'm usually what makes me think about the quality of it maybe it's not a completely fair sometimes but it's just like how much can i keep my attention up and i think cars 2 was it was stupid definitely but it at least kept me it kept like it, it, it had my interest but it was also like this crazy like plot heavy movie that just made no sense and cars at least made sense but at the same time i did find myself like looking at the time when it was like at the middle i was like oh wow we still got 40 more minutes left to go in this movie yeah, see, I, I think I agree with you. I think Cars is better, but the the one thing that Cars 2 has going for it is that it sort of is like, let's just be the stupid pun movie. Uh, they even repeat the same lesson from the first movie and give it to Mater. the same character. Even, it's Mater's, he's the main character, somehow Lightning still learns the lesson. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same lesson he learned in the first movie. It's It's... Bizarre, but we're not here to talk about cars too. There's no time to make cars too. Uh, but let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about cars. What what works for you? What about this movie? Because because we're gonna get into why it is a less than good movie. But uh, what what works for you? For me, and I think a lot of people agreed at, at the time. Even Paul Newman is amazing in this movie. Uh, Newman, like Hanks, is a character or an actor who can show up in even a less than stellar movie and deliver a great performance. So I agree with you there. Right, actually, that's a great example because even though, I mean, admittedly his character wasn't, well, it was kind of developed, but like, this is kind of leaning into what I didn't like about the movie a lot is how they kind of presented a lot of information and it was just saying, you know, here's some things you might need to know about this character or like, here's some traits about the character. Like, it, it kind of shouted everything at you. Like, it never really made you think about it. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. There's a point, there, when I was watching this movie again for this podcast and like, I was like in such a like, oh, I can't believe I have to do this. 
<laughs> because I've seen it maybe three or four times now, and it's like the, every time I see it, it's like I definitely never need to see this movie again. But for some reason, I keep coming back to it. Um, but hopefully, this will be the last time. <laughs> and I, I feel so unkind because I love Pixar, and if they ever heard this, I would feel well one completely exiled forever. And there's not—it's not like there's not a lot of good work and good stuff and good heart put into this movie. I, I ask myself the question: Is this movie just? Am I being too hard? Am I expecting too much of it? Because it obviously resonates with children, and it's the most juvenile Pixar movie mm-hmm. maybe ever, yeah, except absolutely. for maybe Cars 2. Uh, but I think you're right. It's not just juvenile. It's also condescending with the way it doles out its information. The fact mm-hmm. that we are introduced to uh, the fact that Lightning's a jerk like seven times before we leave the racetrack at the beginning of the movie. The fact that we're introduced to all the, the idiot hick cars in uh, Radiator Springs. Mm-hmm. There's three different sequences that do the same thing. And you're right with uh, Doc Hollywood, or, or not Doc Hollywood. Doc movie. Hudson. Doc Hudson. Doc uh, Hollywood. The fact that Doc Hudson's characterization is kind of all over the place and also in your face. Um, right. So I think you're right with that. Uh, the movie's both juvenile and condescending. And I feel like Pixar's main virtue when it made uh family films is that even though these are movies that are primarily even if they're not for children they're geared towards it uh children they never talk down to children absolutely but i guess another thing i should mention um in terms of the good things i did like about this movie is where that the sequences the racing sequences were fascinating and knowing because i love researching like animated movies especially pixar movies i know how pixar goes Further than I think any other animation student, maybe in history in terms of research. And this seems like they like watched like hundreds of thousands of hours of NASCAR races and tried to get the feeling of NASCAR and just racing culture. They nailed it. They and just the, 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 the just in general, those sequences are impressive just visually. They're very captivating. I think they're the best part in the entire movie. I think you're right that the the authenticity on display for the racing sequence is uh, you know, absolute quality. I think that's just an unfortunate side effect of it actually pushes me out of the movie even more because I'm so not into NASCAR that the authenticity <laughs> alienates me further. Like, I would have been more... Like, I, that was the thing I noticed this time when I was watching the movie uh, when the racing sequences were on. Like, this is all right, but I wish I was watching Wreck-It Ralph's racing sequences. Oh, yeah, yeah. The racing was just so much more fun. I mean, maybe because it's more styled like Mario Kart. And that's right. way more my, my game. But uh, anybody listening to this who's listened to our, our the recent run episodes, they know I don't like sports because of how much I shit-talked uh, baseball and <laughs> League of Their Own. But I love the I, I usually love sports when they're depicted on film in a good movie. But yeah, they, they, they usually yeah. they usually cut out the bullshit, and they definitely did here. Like they yeah. even like have like it's oh this is like a 400 lap race, but we're only going to show you like three laps of the race, like just the most intense parts of the race. We don't have to show you everything. And there's like one particular shot that impressed me the first time I watched it, and then I watched it again uh, for this podcast. The shot when the cars are like um, I don't know how to describe this, but it's like an aerial bird's eye view of the cars like just like running like racing down the track. But it felt like real life. It was like it was weird. Like it was the the first time I saw this movie and I saw a scene like that. I said, this is photorealism here. Mm-hmm. And I don't like obviously it's not because it's obviously it's animated, but it's just like that one shot just is just it's stellar. It's definitely a technical achievement. And again, speaking to what you were saying, I. I... Um, an accuracy achievement because those shots look just like the shots from NASCAR. And to the point uh, that 
when we get the little interstitial exposition uh, machines from all the TV hosts. Like that's Which, just like ESPN. The the affectation is perfect. Right. Uh, still, I feel like all, most of this stuff is like gags and like something good, but it's not really quantifiable. Like quantifiable for your story, for your character. Right. It's more of a texture that the movie succeeds at than any significant thing. And this movie is obviously trying to do something really significant. Uh, and I, here's the thing with the movie. It's, it's basically, if you look at the, if you step back from the picture and you kind of gloss your eyes over so you're out of focus uh, and you're at a distance, the movie works. It's about a character who you know, is in the fast lane. He's obsessed with <laughs> either, he, that's the other thing. Lightning McQueen is kind of, pulled in two different directions. He's either obsessed with the glory of racing or yeah. the fame and money and fortune the, and celebrity that the racing will get him. Right. It's kind of pulled between those two in a, in a problematic way, in a way that oh, I feel like his motivation is unclear. Yeah. Uh, but if you, if you back away from that and you don't look at the fine details, it's about this character who's motivated to race. And then he, discovers the beauty of slowing down and community <laughs> and that can be kind of a, a good thing but like when you pay attention to the movie i feel like it's so the story like the moments are there but i don't know if they're earned absolutely and, and the uh, best and the best example of this if uh, not to skip ahead but the way nope. that you know that they're kind of trying to rush all of these important like life lessons is when I think Lightning McQueen and Mater have like a moment together. They're like doing the the tractor. I think it's just has a kind of fun sequence, but there's no point to it whatsoever other than oh he's befriending Mater. Um, it's like at the end, it's like uh, Mater says, "Oh, I knew I made a good choice," and then Lightning McQueen says, "For what?" My and then Mater says, "My best friend." It's like whoa, whoa, yeah. slow down, slow down. <laughs> Yeah, that, that moment could have been played for comedy. Like, Jesus Christ, well, I just met you. You were my prison hole. You are my warden earlier. But actually, I, I did want to say, well, when, we, when I was watching this movie this week for, for the podcast, that scene in particular, I was so impressed with the moment to moment in that scene. I was like, wow, like his performance, like my best friend, like that writing, that back and forth was like, wow, the, the execution of that single moment was really well done in a in a Pixar perfect way. It's not really earned. It comes out of nowhere. There's like a lot of moments in this movie where I think, well, hold on, they're still like together, and that's great that they're still together after all these years that they've been abandoned because of the interstate and all that. But has Mater really not been able to befriend any other? Per not even Sally. Has he not been well, able to befriend anybody else? And one person comes by, he, he kind of likes, even though he's a bit also kind of ignorant to how much of a douche nozzle uh lightning mcqueen is yeah that he just kind of gets a tiny little oh we had fun fun together i guess now we're married like you're you're right there and that's something i didn't think about is uh mater has been in this town since he was like dynaco blue which i thought was a kind of an interesting touch yeah uh i don't think it matters because like when we have the flashback sequences they're not for lightning he never sees these moments mm -hmm. uh but uh back he's been in this town forever and the movie plays it both ways. Mater is both kind of everybody loves Mater in the town, but at the same time he hasn't connected with anyone to have like a real friend. But at the same time, yeah, Sally does love him and so does Doc and everybody at the in the town. And it's kind of that's maybe one of the like 
it's just another example of how the movie is kind of dividing its its attention in, uh, in two parts. The way Lightning is like, is he obsessed with the glory of racing or is he obsessed with the fame and fortune that comes with it and blah, blah, blah. And, right. Uh, are the people in Radiator Springs stupid or are they actually smart, which we mm-hmm. they're never really smart. That's a big problem with this movie is I think Lightning and us are supposed to like them as joke characters in yeah. spite of their quote-unquote stupidity. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look very favorably among uh, representations of people in America who are not from the city. I haven't never thought about it that way, but I think you're right. They're very sh- they have they all have very shallow personalities, <clears throat> and the only character that I really remember is Luigi and Guido because they actually do things. They actually have some like it's a, it's a, it's not like a it's not like a complex personality, but they're at least um um they've got like I don't know how to explain it. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, it also kind of feels like they're kind of like clowns, and that's what yeah. to say. And like the other these, characters are just kind of there. Yeah, none of the characters really feel, uh, I, I mean, alive beyond, outside of a couple moments. Um, and that's a part of the thing with, like, the world and the premise of the movie to begin with. It's like, you have to have so many don't think about that for <laughs> a movie that's Earth but populated by cars. And if yeah. you only if you think about, like, Oh, they're sentient robots that was that were built by the big and large company. When you look at the giant Pixar <laughs> theory or whatever, and it's after the apocalypse or whatever, yeah. that it kind of makes sense. But no, but it, 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 there's so many moments because, like, uh, the moment where they uh, when Lightning is sleeping and they siphon all of his gas, so when he escapes, he yeah. can't. Earn. Like, what does that? What does that mean? Like, oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like, how do you? Is that is sexual that? assault? How how does that like? <laughs> what is the represent? What is the uh, the the analog minute. to human interaction? I did. Oh my god! I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of like the the moral implications of doing something like that. It's not as if they are. It's a sexless world because there's like the the pinstripe or, or whatever the the little like uh, tattoo quote unquote on the back of Sally. Oh yeah. There's uh, the the. Uh, the the scene where um, the uh, the sheriff uh, is the cop car is getting uh, checked by Doc in his yeah uh, yes, hey, do you like what you're like, seeing? Hey, good look. <laughs> so so there's like obviously a parallel there, and it's like the, the and the fact that there's like uh, the cows or like the tractors are cows. They're not yeah. intelligent, but yeah. the cars are. It, it's so. You have to have so many moments where, again, you you back away from the movie and you just kind of blur your eyes. Like, oh yeah, it works if I'm not. Yeah, it's, you, and, and and I think that because I think that Pixar has kind of been straddling that line before. Like, there's been a few moments, and like even there's some of their best movies where you can say that seems a little. That's kind of stretching it. But in this movie in particular, like just just I mean, it's a great idea conceptually. But when you have to start putting like the physical, like the 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 reality into it, and here's here's actually something I didn't even think about until I actually watched the movie. Bessie, Bessie is a machine like all of them, but she mm-hmm. doesn't have a personality, doesn't talk. So it's just like, did they just repurpose a corpse like a giant machine? Oh God, that's that's even worse to think that Bessie was once alive. 
but then they've just used her body. Yeah, and, and it's like, God. why is she the only machine that doesn't say anything? Like, why doesn't she help? Oh, uh, lightning. Uh, you gotta, I'm kind of heavy. I don't know. It's just something? Or the even darker uh, implication that there are such things as service vehicles, and they've been, like, basically uh, condemned into slavery where they can't oh speak and have personalities. <laughs> It's messed up. Oh I mean, God. I guess that doesn't make sense because uh, Bessie doesn't – she can't move on her own. Yeah. Like, light has to drive. So it's it's so weird. I, um, and that was but, something again, I, I didn't even think about until I saw I, until I saw the movie again. And there's probably, like, other examples of just giant machinery that doesn't have uh, – that doesn't operate or it doesn't have a personality. And it's just like, oh, it's just a thing that we kind of use. And but it's like, weird because, like, uh, helicopters, and there's a whole movie spinoff with planes that uh, they, they're alive. They have personalities. But th- that, that that starts to be weird to me because when I was thinking about the biology of the cars, because, uh, <laughs> like, one of the biggest things that, like, it's just not my personal aesthetic is uh, when I like cartoon cars that I always preferred it when the headlights were the eyes. But for this movie, they obviously went for the windshield was the eyes. And that means you can't really see inside the the cockpit or inside yeah. the car where the people would be, which I guess makes the most sense for this kind of movie. Right. So I'm down with it. But I always took that as, oh, yeah, that means you can't go inside a car because other organs are in there or whatever. Yeah. But you can go inside of a helicopter. Mater rides inside of a helicopter. Oh, my and, and God. With Mac, it works because Mac isn't the trailer. The trailer is just, like, a thing that attaches to him. Yeah. So that one works for me. But, like, yeah, you can go inside of a helicopter. Like, what the hell are we doing? I didn't even think. There's so – there's, like – it's, like, it's not even a plot. It's just, like, this world just can't exist. (laughs) It's not possible. And that's a silly thing to really argue against the movie. Because that's not what makes the movie bad. It's the fact that these moments – are are not earned and the fact that it's yeah. so condescending with the repeated beats the repeated right. characterization and here's the thing uh i want to talk about with lightning mcqueen okay um, can i say something first please please the one piece of dialogue which made him unredeemable and it's and i can't even believe they even included in the screenplay in the first place in the tra- when when he's at the the trial where they're going to figure out what we're going to do with this guy he destroyed our whole town in a ridiculously elaborate way i should mention um it's like an insanely like everything had to go wrong for him to just just kind of destroy the whole road but anyway um sally comes in it's the first time we see sally and lightning mcqueen immediately sees her like this piece of ass and he says like oh let me just stand there and let me get a good look at you you are officially an irredeemable disgusting character like in my notes i just wrote ew like that is, yeah. you cannot, you cannot, you can't have us suddenly sympathize with this character after he says some disgusting shit like that. Well, it's it's problematic because again, it's another beat where it's like, oh, he's that egotistical jerk asshole, and now he's also objectifying the woman car. Yeah, uh, and it's like we didn't need to hit this. I think you can have a beat where a character is that despicable, and then arc him away from that or arc him maybe further into that and then the movie's about his downfall mm-hmm. uh, or, or maybe you know have it be a more obviously you're not going to have this in a Pixar movie but a more complex movie about how uh, society benefits uh, casual sexism and the patriarchy and all that crap but we're not talking about that today not yet anyway because we okay. haven't hit the election again <laughs> but, um, but uh, I, yeah you're, you're right that's just another thing where Here's okay with Lightning McQueen, and okay. you 
your point bringing that up uh, is a good segue into this. Okay. He is a very unlikable character. Yep. Um, he has, but the, the advantage to having an unlikable character is you know what the arc's going to be. It's easy to follow. It's easy to write, which is maybe not a good thing for the audience, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it helps. But, but there's a story of, oh, here's a jerk. He's selfish. This is how he overcomes that. And the, mm-hmm. through the, whatever the movie is, that's the mechanism through which he uh, achieves a, a change. Right. Um, usually, usually movies, or at least Hollywood movies, go for a positive change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is, I like characters like I like that arc. Generally speaking, like uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite my favorite superhero is Darkwing Duck, who's kind of a blowhard, <laughs> kind of an egomaniac. Yeah, uh, many episodes similar to this, where he's going through. I you I don't need your help. I'm Darkwing Duck. I'm gonna be great. And then he learns his lesson. He's like, no, it's really about doing the work. It's about being, you know, getting the help I need from my collected family, right. and you know, stopping the bad guys. You know, and right. obviously, there's a lot of different affectations to that show that I like for that reason. But you know, also, uh, I, I've talked about my love for Frasier on the show. He's kind of the same character, but more importantly, Woody. Absolutely. The original Toy Story is a jackass. Absolutely. And that is not a problem. The the movie works so well that you like Woody despite the fact that he's acting like a total jerk. Absolutely. And I don't get that from Lightning McQueen. No. No. And and, um, in terms of Woody, like we know what his motivations are, but they're at least relatable. The only thing that Lightning wants is fame, fortune. Like he and again, like as we mentioned before about hitting us over the head with, oh, Lightning really wants fame. Well, so let's cut to him dreaming about fame. It's like we couldn't figure that out from just him saying, I want to be famous or I don't know, Mm -hmm. like kind of like really hammering that point along. And the fact that um, it's another cheap gag. The movie is kind of built around how do we. How do we earn these cheap gags, or how can we get to these cheap gags yeah. or these set pieces quicker? Yeah, and when Lightning is like in Radiator Springs, which isn't really that bad of a place. I mean, it's a little run down, but that's just because no one's really visited for years. But he immediately just hates it. Immediately hates everybody there, even though they're the nicest people in the whole goddamn movie. And like he's just thinking, I just want to get to the race. I just want to get to the race. And it's like there's there's no there's no area for an arc here. There's no area, there's no way that Link can just suddenly change his trajectory all of a sudden. Or, like, there's no natural way for him to just change his mind. And then the movie kind of has to, like, corral him into learning a lesson or into becoming more moral. I think that's generally what you got to do in a movie. But I think the problem comes when it's pulling in too many different directions. There's so much of this movie that is unnecessary. You could just pull it out, or Lightning Story would be fine. It's just then you would be like, oh, there's not much going on here to begin with. I think, like, here's a thing that wouldn't have saved it, because obviously so much of it comes from the writing. That's true. But yeah. uh, let's talk about Lightning versus Woody in a Will- Owen Wilson versus Tom Hanks. <laughs> because I honestly believe that, w- I think Owen Wilson makes sense as a Lightning McQueen. He's... Not a favorite actor, but he obviously he's good at what he does. I think the problem with Lightning is mostly in the writing, not his performance. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if this movie had changed nothing, but Tom Hanks was Owen Wilson. Do you think, or Tom Hanks was Lightning McQueen? Do you think it would have changed it at all significantly, or do you think it would have been just the same? Wow, that's a that's a heavy question, Elvis. Um, it the performance would have been a lot different though, and I think that Tom Hanks would have. 
oh man because there are like some terrible things that that lightning mcqueen says including that one line i already mentioned before the writing is definitely a big problem i think maybe lightning mcqueen would be a more relatable character if tom hanks played the role but the writing alone or well not alone but i mean the writing compliments why lightning mcqueen is such a despicable character and someone like it is true that an actor can make a really bad line sound better than it actually is but even in this case i don't think I think Tom Hanks would have had a better performance. I don't know if it would have improved the movie as a whole. There's something to say where Woody is in the same exact way, such a dick character. But I think because of the economy, uh, the way the movie presents it swiftly, where it's not hitting you over the head and again and again and again with, oh, he's a jerk. Oh, he doesn't. You know, he looks down upon his friends and his everyone. It happens, and that and those moments are are there, but it's not again and again. It's not condescending. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's smart about the way it tells its story, and the fact that that uh, Woody, like Tom Hanks, brings such a warmth to this character, even when he's doing something so terrible as yeah. to knock Buzz, maybe not right. intentionally out of the window, but he but knocks try to Buzz knock him like behind the the desk or something. Yeah, and we're still on his side. I'm never on Lightning McQueen's side. Maybe at the very end, if I stopped remembering what happened previous. He's just such... And that's kind of when it comes back to being juvenile. The movie's story is like... I think that we have in within Cars, the feature film, the arc of a 22-minute Saturday morning cartoon. And it's stretched for an entire feature which is why we have sequences like the the crazy amount of extended sequences where we're doing the espn news coverage or the dream sequences or the bizarre uh whose point of view are we at uh randy newman montage where it's like remember how this town used to be oh yeah and that's that's what i really want to i wanted to boil down to to kind of uh leading to our conclusion of today's episode i wanted to take that moment um for the Radiator Springs plot, I guess you'll say, where we have this extended montage with Randy Newman's song. Yeah. Look back at uh, Radiator Springs. And I, I feel like it's it's basically make Radiator Springs great again is a huge backbone of this movie. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm looking at it wasn't intended 10 years ago, which, by the way, this is the 10th anniversary of this movie. Uh, wow. Uh, so that's also resonant in a unintended way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ten, so obviously 10 years, they weren't expecting this to be the situation 10 years out. But in a weird way, I feel like there's a bit of progressive point of view on Trump's America's idea of themselves mm-hmm. within Radiator Springs. Like the movie itself looks down on these characters as stupid and dull and kind of – and the fact that they're all pretty much eth- – eth- ethnic stereotypes oh, or yeah, some, some right. yeah. racially sensitive or gender insensitive or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but they're all foolish, you know, people who are in the grits and they don't know, you know, and it takes the, the outsiders, the city people, the progressive people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, are progressive cars to kind <laughs> of look at them and, and educate them. And what, cause like obviously lightning, he's smart. He looks down on these people. Uh, yeah. Sally is one of the, the nicest people in the town and kind of is able to corral the town also came from LA. She's an outsider doc. Sure. Yeah. Also an outsider. Everybody who lives in this town, except for maybe the sheriff kind of a dope. Yeah. 
And and the fact that they don't know how to like radiate when we show up in the movie, Radiator Springs is dilapidated. It's it's not yeah. taking care of itself. And it takes for Lightning McQueen to show up for the town to finally like, ooh, now we're getting everything together. Now <laughs> because this this savior from the big city came, we're gonna be okay. It's not like it has such a lack of respect for the small town. I I, I think this is sort of what progressives and other people view oh this must be the people who are voting for trump to be like let's be honest when the cars 3 comes out it should be a political movie about a campaign where it's sally running against a tr- uh, a dump truck called trump truck uh, <laughs> and of course everybody in radiator springs is gonna vote for trump truck like these people are trump people right am i wrong no, I, I, well, I guess to some degree, I guess. Mater's voting for Trump. He's not going to vote for oh, Trump. We already know Mater's voting for <laughs> Trump, Trump truck. But it's weird because it's it's also because it's such a – it feels like it's the depiction of uh, uh, Trump's America from the point of view of a progressive. Does that make sense? Am I, get, am I getting that? I'm, now that you're saying it out loud, I'm starting, to th- I'm starting to think of that way. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So, like, there's this weird... And because the movie takes another left turn, because it's supposed to be about racing, and I know it's about slowing down, and then it's about <laughs> sacrificing or whatever the fuck. And then it comes <laughs> for a minute, like, it's not... This is not lightning story whatsoever but for a minute it's like i guess it's sally's story but it's not really her story because she's not really from the town but uh it's about like oh how great radiator springs used to be um Mm -hmm. theoretically and because of the use of americana and the fact that we're talking about i mean sarge one of the characters in the movie has a united states flag Mm -hmm. this is not there's obviously some actual parallels. This is America. I don't know if it's post-apocalypse. Maybe this is what happens after Trump becomes president and kills us all. Cars become. <laughs> this is the movie. That this is just the, the 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 2016 campaign and election is just a prequel to Cars. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it, it has the spirit of like, oh, things used to be better. Yeah. And it's unkind to the fact that things. I mean, obviously, things in Radiator Springs aren't great now, but it's yeah. weird in this way. We don't see enough competence and kindness and real value and virtues to the people that live in Radiator Springs to justify, oh, we need to go back. Mm-hmm. This this is kind of the Trump Pixar movie, I want to say, <laughs> which is maybe why it's it's so popular, despite the fact that at least – most people I know think Cars is the black sheep of the Pixar franchises, mm-hmm. but always see Cars merchandise. It does super well. It's going to have a third movie coming out. Uh, and like Mater is one of the most popular characters in the Disney lineup, let alone Pixar. So yeah. maybe there's this is just this is the Pixar movie made for the red states. Maybe it is. Huh. NASCAR. Come on. And now I'm worried that I'm coming across just like Lightning McQueen as the douchey, <laughs> I know better than you progressive, which I'm not trying to do, but I know that's going to be what it's coming across. Because I think the movie is flawed. If it, this is, it's. I mean, obviously it's not intentional because this is, again, 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it kind of makes it seem like there was like like a dagger being like thrown, like 
it's in the heart of Raiders Springs when they introduced the interstate. And I think some could could I mean. I think the first time I started getting on the sense of camaraderie in Radio Springs is during that sequence, which is a good, which is a beautiful sequence anyway. It wouldn't have worked without James Taylor singing the Randy Newman song. It was a good sequence. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of like trying to really hammer, hammer home the point of it's really sad that people kind of ab- abandoned <laughs> this group of people, even though we're just kind of progressing as we're not progressing like progressives, but I mean like, the whole point of doing making the interstate is so that we could get to one place faster, and we're trying. And I think the film is trying to say like there's something kind of like capitalistic about like trying to like think about efficiency rather than thinking about you know the small town folk or the the, the, the you know like the the little, the little tiny community and the one that people kind of abandon. But at the same time, though, I, I wonder why exactly they did stay there for as long as they did because at any time they could have they could have just abandoned this area i mean there's some people that can't can't abandon it because they're literally a car that looks like it's from the 1910s and they just don't mm-hmm. have anywhere else to go and that's a little sad but i mean that just might be the inevitability but it, honestly would there would it really not be a good enough reason for them to leave that town and go somewhere else and and kind of put the blame mostly on you know, Americans like wanted well, not Americans, but I mean, American cars. I guess I should say, <laughs> just wanted to like get from one place to another faster. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I think you just hit the nail on the head for kind of bringing this idea to light. Is this is a movie that justifies and sympathizes the perspective of the Make America Great Again people who feel like they've been left behind because the uh, the the highway that came has been went to benefit other cars not them and it feels like it's they've been left behind in the dirt and in a lot of in a lot of ways these people have been uh left out to dry and again i'm not any sort of political expert but i feel like this is a movie again it's a movie for these for these trump voters for the uh the make america great again people because it's like this is from their point of view this is exactly what happened we had a great town. We had a great Radiator Springs. It was beautiful. It was tremendous. And then, <laughs> and then all of the uh, all of the resources went to building that highway and helping out other people, other cars. Mm-hmm. And they're they're not paying attention to us, uh-huh. these cars anymore. And uh, that's why we got to vote for the dump truck. <laughs> If you want to start making merchandise, you should definitely start making bumper stickers that says "Make Radio Springs Great Again." I feel like we've missed the window, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you haven't, uh, you haven't missed the window. If uh, you're listening to this and you haven't voted yet, you should probably go do that. That's going to be my thing. You got, I got to say this way: it's important to vote, and it's a, it's a privilege that we get. So you Yay, should go do it. do it, and you should also subscribe to Tom Hanks Giving on iTunes. <laughs> Give us a rate and a review. If you were pissed off by the political discussion today, let us know uh, in, uh, and write a review. Or give us five stars so that'll help uh, more people listen to us. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Tom Hanks Pod. You can follow me at Elvis Kunish. Uh, those are both on Twitter. Um, you can find more things and all great sort of stuff at splotstudios.com. Arlo, where can people find and listen to you? They can find me on iTunes at Random Chatterings. Um, Random Chatterings, a silly podcast for silly people. You can find me on, let's see, Stitcher, Google Play, Blueberry. I'm trying to get on more podcast providers. 
Um, and our website is randomchatterings.weebly.com. Uh, and we're on Twitter at, at RanchatPodcast. You can email us if you have any questions and concerns about anything like that at ranchatpodcast at gmail.com. And what is one more thing? Oh, and I'm on Instagram, and I've actually been using it a lot more. I wouldn't normally be pimping my Instagram, but I actually kind of like using Instagram. So Instagram, Random Chatterings. All right, so go check those links out. They'll be in the show notes. Go subscribe. Go give us a review. And go vote. And uh, provided the world hasn't ended next week, we will be back uh, to talk about all the drinking problems I'm sure we'll have uh, with <laughs> Uncle Ned in uh, Tom Hanks's stint on three episodes of Family Times. Woo! Yes, that's right. We're getting into his, some of his TV work. We're very excited. He's in three episodes. Look him up. We'll be talking about all three next week uh, and hopefully nursing our own hangovers from whatever <laughs> happens today. Uh, until then, make Radiator Springs great again. Thanks for listening. Tom Hanks is a friend you can turn to when cold winds blow. Cold winds blow. And then you'll now and forever a friend in this world